Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis for another week. We're preparing for another home game back at the Entertainment Centre for the Adelaide 36ers this Friday night. We hope you can all get there to support the team because they need to win and they need your support. So let's get stuck into that. We've got some action to look back on as well. 20-year celebration last week, which we're looking forward to talking about with my co-host. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the only man involved in every 36ers championship, including that one 20 years ago that he's now got his name on the singlet of to remember it by, Scott Ninnis. How do you find you this week? I'm great, thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was an exciting night. It's always great to uh, you know to see the old boys and trot us out again at halftime. Um, uh, and and yeah, we we had a great time. Obviously, the the game was a bit of an anticlimax, and uh, that side of thing was disappointing. But to uh, you, you know to see the guys that you have such uh, special memories with was uh, was quite exciting. It was it was probably a little bit disappointing. Uh, you know, it wasn't a huge crowd there on on the night, but uh, uh, nonetheless, um, what once again, uh, you know, it's very, very special memories and uh, uh, something you always look back fondly and, uh, you know, really good to catch up with some of those guys again. No, very good. I might I might talk to you a bit more about it later on in the show as well, Scott, and, and, and get get some stories out of you about, about who might have behaved themselves and who might not have on the night, as we as always tends to happen on, on nights like that. But um, a lot going on in the world of the Adelaide 36ers right now, as always, and and... What, a, what better time to get some official word from the club? So instead of our Ask the Coach segment, instead of an Ask the Captain, instead of an Ask the Legend, we've gone with an Ask the CEO segment this week with the CEO of the 36ers, Nick Barbado. So thanks to Sports Card World, we'll bring that to you later on and we'll put all of your fan questions to him. Someone will win a special prize thanks to Sports Card World. Scott might even throw in a question there as well. So it's probably a good time to hear from someone at the club, Scott, because there's a Probably a lot of questions that the fans have got that they would like answers to right now. Oh look, the you know, the fans are getting restless. I don't think that's mm. any, uh, any any great secret. And you know, you go into every year with with high expectations, and and you know, we, we made some changes this year that that uh, at the time, looking looking back in the preseason, you know, I think everyone was very excited about, and 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 obviously things haven't played out the way you know that we had a hoped, and um, you know, the record certainly certainly not what any anyone would have would have looked forward to and, and I guess yeah once again there is there is a number of reasons uh, I'm not someone that likes to make excuses but there there have been reasons I mean we we changed over brought nine new players into the team yeah. a, a new coach you know we're dealing with COVID and, and, and you know and, and injuries to key players and, and and all that sort of stuff but once again it's it's the same thing that every other team has to go through and, and especially with the COVID situation over these last uh, last couple of years and, and we just uh, just haven't been able to get it done so um, you know the natives are getting restless at times and um, I, I guess it'd be great to have that chat with Nick just to uh, you know get some clarification 
on the club where, where we are, you know, looking forward. And uh, you, you know, I think he's been a he's been a fantastic appointment. And um, you know, looking, you know, I guess we, you know, we're not not looking forward to next year. You still we still got a season to play out. And you know, first and foremost, we need to get a win somewhere along this line. Hopefully, hopefully starting against Cairns uh, this Friday. But uh, you know, more important than that, I think people want to see have a team to cheer about and see a team that goes out and plays hard and leaves everything on the floor. And uh, you know, they do that. The results will take care of themselves. Yeah, that, yeah, you're, you're spot on. And I, we'll talk to Nick about it later in the show on, on his segment. But I think his number one charter was to get the club in a good position off the court, because if you're strong financially off the court, it leads to on the court because you can give your team a lot better resources. You can you can get the players that you want to bring in. And I think that I think the ex- the great example of that is the Perth Wildcats because when Jack, Jack Bendad arrived as owner. They were still playing out of Challenge Stadium and that was a 4,500-seat stadium and they weren't even selling that out at the time. But he turned that around. They ended up selling that building out a lot. But before they went to the Perth Arena, they still weren't even turning a profit then. It was only the move to the Perth Arena when they started making a profit and now they're a remarkably successful off-the-court off the powerhouse because of the, the financial and stability that they've had off the court. And I think that's... I think that's underestimated. I think a lot of the on-court success the Wildcats have is because of how strong they are off the court. So I think Nick seems to be the right man to get the club in a strong position off the court, and I think that's starting to happen. And now, obviously, there's a chance to go in a new direction to replace Jeff Van Groningen with somebody new. CJ Bruden can build his own identity, but I think it all you have to have a strong starting position off the court, and I think that's starting to happen. I think the past 6 to 12 months, the club's moving in a really positive direction away from the court, which is where it all needs to start. Uh, absolutely. And you're certainly right about the well, the Wildcats. I mean, they, they've been the poster child of the NBL uh, on and, and off the court, as you mentioned, for a long time now. And uh, um, I, I think that's certainly happened here. I think the last, uh, you know, the last 12 months has been, you know, fantastic advances. I, I know from a corporate point of view, um, you, you know, they've got some incredible sponsorship and, uh, you know, you only need to go into that sponsorship room you know, before and after a game now, and and there's it just seems there's twice as many people in there now than there was, mm. uh, you know, a, a season ago, and uh, that's really exciting to see. And and yeah, you know, there's some some pretty heavy hitters in there, and I think you know the club's in really good hands. Um, off the court will continue to improve and and move in the right direction but uh, you know success on court has to follow I mean if you you know if we look forward to next next season and uh, you know even later on this season you know once once all the restrictions uh, end you know if we want to start putting nine and ten thousand people in that stadium well the, the results you know have to happen the winds need to take care of in place mm-hmm. uh, you know make us make us a hot ticket again and and once again there's, there's no reason why that can't happen and and there's been you know there's been disruptions and and as you said CJ I, I actually went down to training for a bit today and uh, was speaking to CJ afterwards and uh, you know when he you know he'll be able to be have have some more input into team selection and be judged on what he brings in and and I think as a yeah. coach you know that's you're happy to do that. So yeah, once again, there's there's been disruptions and there's you know been things that have happened on and off the court that uh, yeah haven't been ideal at times. And you know we, we just have to put all that stuff behind us. I mean it's you know we can't just keep going. Well you know this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah, you know, the fact is it has happened. But you know we need to start gen- you know start playing some really good basketball and start generating a few wins and finish the season off really well. 
Yep, absolutely. Needs to needs to happen this Friday night against the Taipans. So I don't think there's any excuses not to not to win this game. But just to, just on CJ, you make a great point that now he can start having an impact on getting the players he wants. He's one from one so far. The only player he really had an impact on signing was Cam Besto. Fair to say that's that's worked out pretty well. It's not a it's not, it's not a bad one to start with, is it? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he, and he has been. We we talked about him today, and uh, um, you know the way he's been. He didn't train today, but uh, you know that was just a precautionary thing. And uh, but yeah, he's he's been a revelation. Not not the fact of how well he's played, because we all know he can play the game. But the fact you know he's been able to manage, or him and the, and the you know the the coaching staff and the, and, the, and the fitness crew and the physios have been able to manage his body and and you know get him right for game so uh yeah I, I think he's he's certainly been the, the story of the year for the 36ers and and you know probably at the moment is the uh is the mvp of the team so there wouldn't have been too many people predicting that at the start of the season mm. that's for sure well we've got three games to catch up on in our premium mind to his player of the year awards scott but as of right now cam is leading so we'll see if he's still leading after after these last last three games um now, the last game we've got to talk about, Saturday night, was was back at the old arena against the New Zealand Breakers. Before we get to the game itself, obviously, a lot of talk coming into the game about the third import coming in for, for the 36ers. Um, I think everyone's acknowledged now that if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Casper Ware. Um, we'll talk to Nick later in the show, and he can explain why it didn't quite pan out. Basically, they were hoping to get him here for 12 games. He wasn't going to be able to get here for that game last Saturday night, so it so it fell through. There was a lot more to it, and I'll let Nick explain that later. But would have you been happy with Casper being the man to come in? Do you think they had made the right decision to to settle on him? Ah, uh, look, I, I I'm not sure. I probably said on this show, um, you, you know, a while back that I I thought that maybe uh, you know, sort of that uh, you know, three man that you know, a three man scorer. I, I thought might have mm. might have balanced them out a little bit, but I, I guess it's probably you know, this season there's probably been. Yeah, a lot of pressure put on Mitch McCarron and Sunday just played a, a lot of minutes as well and maybe they thought that they just needed someone to take the bit of the pressure off of those guys. So yeah. uh, I, I'm not sure how it would have looked from a starting point of view, whether you, you go with a smaller lineup and, and, and that probably could have worked worked well as well. But uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, we all know Casper Ware is a great player. I mean, that's yeah, you know, he would have given us an immediate lift. I don't think there's anyone doubts that. And and he's you know not only his ability to put the ball in the basket, but he's a he's he's a tough defender as well. And uh, yeah. you, you know that's that's a really important quality when you you know, you're looking at uh, you know that import position. But um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't meant to be, obviously. Um, and and I guess now with you know when you look at the ladder, you, you know finals aren't going to happen for us this year. So you know. So let, let's let's you know throw you know the, the guys that are left out there at the moment, and we've only got you know three maybe four guys signed for next year. Well, well let's throw the balls out and see who you know is going to play hard and, and audition for to be re-signed for next year. So uh, there should be a lot of a lot of hungry guys in this team that are you know ready to come out and and uh, you know really play hard and try and retain their spot in the team for next year. Yeah, for sure. I think the person who should be the happiest about the way is played out is Tad Duffelmeyer because I, th- I feel like if Casper comes in, he virtually goes down to playing zero minutes a game. Suddenly, he might still be starting. He's going to play an important role backing up Mitch McCarron as that point guard. And this is a real chance to show that he can be a quality NBL player. So this these last 11 games for Tad, they could have been terrible if Casper came in. All of a sudden, he can really showcase what he's capable of. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the you know one of the positives to look at from it. So you know, there's going to be guys that are going to get opportunities uh, that, that probably haven't had a lot during the season. And as you said, if we'd bought in another player, whoever it was, uh, yeah, would have even had less opportunities. So that that's mm. exciting. I mean, you, you don't you can't do it at the expense of you know just sacrificing games. You know, as I said, we we need. Uh, Need to get out there and get a win, regardless of, of what uh, you know, what what we're throwing out on the court. Which um, you know is, is easier said than done. Our cans, you know, do have some length and some athleticism that uh, you know that has has bothered us in the past. But I, I think you said it right. I mean, there is uh, there's no excuse for this one. I mean, we we need we're at home. You know, we've had a week to, to get back on the training track and rest. And um, yeah, Todd Withers is is, is still out with COVID, but uh, mm. yeah. There's no excuse. You know, Cairns, you know, we should be a better basketball team than Cairns, and uh, you know, I'd be. I think most people would be pretty disappointed if we didn't uh, didn't take care of business on Friday night. Yep, totally agree. Before we get to that, though, let's go back to Saturday night. It was back at the the old Thirty Sixers Arena. Um, first game there in three years. Has much changed in the old in the old build, building? Oh, they were, they were in the midst of uh, giving it a, a, a great makeover, and um, you know mm-hmm. the plans they, they've got for the place are quite incredible with gymnasiums and extra courts, and uh, um, you know even even going into the VIP room upstairs before the game, it's it's been decked out, and uh, it, it's quite exciting to see because uh, you know let, let's face it, uh, the old arena was uh, was looking a little bit tired uh, when we when we made the move to the entertainment centre, so uh, it, it's great to see that it's um, you know getting a real facelift and and look it's it's always exciting to go back in there it's uh yeah it's where the team trains so there's a familiarity yep. with uh you know with the courts uh not, not that that helped unfortunately during that game <laughs> no. but um but um yeah it, it, it's i think it um i think it is probably yeah it is always exciting going back there and once again it was it was probably difficult being a long weekend you know a lot of people are away um to to mm. get a you know to get a really healthy crowd out there but um and then obviously Plus, the, technically it was an away game which didn't it, so it was even, yes. even, for, even for the members you had to buy yeah correct Co- correct so that um that was always going to uh, keep the numbers down as well i think but uh um and then we you know we had a poor performance on court so um it, it was disappointing from from that aspect all around i think no excuses, but it was a little bit of bad luck that the very first game of this season that the New Zealand Breakers had their full roster available just happened to be on Saturday night, and they looked a different team when they had everybody available. They had Yanni Wetzel inside, who's a really strong presence and makes them look different. Just having Tom Abercrombie out there and part of the group, they look a lot more a lot more settled. Um, having Will McDowell-White there to back up Peyton Seaver as the point guard made them look better. Chesson Randall hit some big shots as, a, as, as, as that shooter. Hugo Bazon had his moments as well when he when he caught fire. All of a sudden, they look a they look a pretty pretty handy team when they've got everybody available, and they happen to play pretty well, especially to start that game on Saturday night. They did, and they showed it wasn't a fluke by backing up and uh, you know losing to Perth in this. You know, they should have <laughs> won. They should have yeah. won, losing on the buzzer. So that's uh, you, you know they showed that at full strength here. Uh, you know it's it's always going to be the you know the what is for the breakers for the last two years because the poor buggers haven't haven't had a chance mm. to go home. So it's uh, and, and yeah, obviously they've been struck down with, with injury probably as as much as any team as well. So you know at, at full strength, I, I think you know if you if you look at the start. 
start of this year and maybe the start of last year, you know, there, were, there was a lot of people that were rating them very highly with the teams yeah. that they had coming in. So, you know, circumstances for them, uh, you know, not being able to play at home is, is must make it just, just incredibly tough. So, uh, you and know... The home, the, and the home games they do get, it's in front of 3,000 Adelaide fans. Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, so yeah, no, they'll be. Uh, yeah, I was going to say they'll be looking forward to to next season, but they were probably th- looking forward to this season, thinking yeah. that the same thing yeah. wasn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, you would hope by you know the t- 2022-23 season that mm. uh, things are as back to normal as they can be, and uh, we we can get a get a schedule out at the start of the season and and know what we're doing for the entire entire year. That would be uh, that would be magnificent. Would you have any problem with giving them 28 home games next season? Oh, bugger them. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, we don't, don't, want to give them, don't want to help them out too much. But, uh, oh, look, it's just, it's just, it's just unfortunate. No, I don't think yeah. you can sort of give them any, uh, you know, any, any added benefit for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just been one of those, one of those really, really unfortunate things. Oh, I can't imagine there'd be any, any team, uh, you know, Australian based team that would be happy to give out a home game to give, to give them any extra no. help for next year. So, uh, it did. I mean, you, you feel you'd, do feel incredibly sorry for them. It's just been a, you know, the whole thing's been a shit show for them for for two years mm. now, and um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to getting home, getting home, and having a a proper, normal, regular season mm. next year. The game itself, obviously, the start was was terrible. It was very similar to the first time we played the Breakers. That time we were able to turn it around and dominate them, sort of for the last three quarters, and the second quarter wasn't too bad. So by half time. Things were pretty much back on level pegging and you would think that the 36ers were going to be able to continue it, but the second half wasn't good. That, let's be honest, it, they really didn't give, give themselves a shot at all. I mean, was there any point during the night where you actually felt like the 36ers might win the game? Not really. You know, like I've had other games before where we've, we've got down and, and you can feel momentum change and, and see that they're working their way back into the game, but it was, uh, you know, there wasn't really a real real positive vibe I, from from... My my point of view, where you know you thought they were playing well enough, or, or someone was just going to catch fire for long enough to to really give them a chance and get back into that game, and uh, I think that was disappointing. I mean, we, we've had some disappointing games this year, and and we've spoken about them on a number of occasions. But to me, that that was as disappointing you know game as as we've had. It was just um, you know we just we just didn't seem to really you know give ourselves a, a real chance to to win the game, and um, I think that. Yeah, that's got to be incredibly frustrating for you know coaches and, and players and, and ownership and management alike. It's it's um, you know if you know your team's going to come out and play hard and put themselves in a position where you know they can win in any given game, well you're happy to do that. But it just didn't seem that was the case. Uh, in the New Zealand game for, for whatever reason. And, and that has to be, you know, they're, they're beginning to a point now where confidence has to be wavering. I mean, you just, you just uh, you know, it's all very well that, you know, they look decent, they look good at training today, you know, the mood seemed to be upbeat. But, you know, sort of once you get into those games and you, and you get a you, know, you get a bit of a deficit on the scoreboard, you, you, you know, it's just human nature to start second-guessing yourself. So hopefully, you know, they come out, get a really good start and, um, you, know, you know, just play a really good game. I think for their own mindset, they, they need something like that and they need it tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, it, it, it goes without saying that most players didn't have a night they'll remember so there's no point us going through who didn't play well because everyone knows that they didn't play well but there were a couple of positives and I thought Kai Soto his second quarter was probably the best quarter he's had so far this season and 
Overall, it was probably his best best game of the season. 14 points, 7 rebounds. He managed to play over 20 minutes, which is a, a good sign that he's building his tank up a little bit. Um, did you like what you saw from, from Kai? I did, yeah. And he's been coming along you know, steadily, I think, for most of the season. And uh, um, I, I, was, I, I, thought he was, I thought he was fantastic in his minutes the other night. And, uh, um, yeah, that was, that was probably, the, you know, probably one of the few bright notes and bright sparks in the game to see you know, his development and, and the way he, he can move around the rim and um, you know, his ability to change a game. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was. I was particularly pleased to see, uh, uh, see the way he he played the other night and, uh, you know, he's going to continue to get better and better. I don't think there's any question about that. And, and hopefully, you know, coming back next next year and, and he can take another step forward and then hopefully we're waving goodbye to him. Uh, mm. and he's playing in the NBA somewhere. So, um, yeah, he'll continue to get better. He's, he's willing to learn. Um, obviously, he's building that engine now and, uh, you know, he's not going to get any smaller either. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, that, that was a particularly pleasing part of that game. Yeah, I thought so too. And the energy wasn't great overall for most of the night, but I thought another player that brought the energy when in his minutes was Hiram Harris. I liked what I saw from him. And also, late in the game for the first five minutes, I liked what Nick Marshall came on and, and gave as well. And on a, on a in a game where the energy was poor, the guys that brought it really did stand out. And I thought those were those were two more that, that did did all right in their in their chances. Yeah, and, and and yeah, absolutely. Look, Nick Marshall's a talent. You know, you talk about a yep. six foot five. You know, two, three men that's got fantastic athleticism, and um, you, you know, it's good to see, good to see an Adelaide boy, uh, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the team as well. So I, I sort of would expect him to probably play some more minutes uh, tomorrow night as well. I think he's he's probably shown, you know, training on a regular basis that you know he he's ready, and we we certainly saw it at times in the preseason as well. So. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays some extra minutes tonight. And, and you know what you're going to get with Hiram Harris as well. It's just a guy yep. that's just going to, you know, outwork everyone on the court and, and uh, just just do his thing. You know, he's never going to be a 20-point-per-game player, but he's, you know, he's one of those high-energy guys that is just going to make things happen because of, you know, how hard he plays. So, um, and, and once again, this was spoke about earlier. I mean, this is this is time, you know, for those guys to, to audition to say, hey, I, you know, I want to be here next year. and you know, in the minutes that I get, I'm, I'm going to show you that I'm ready to take that next step up. So I think that's that's exciting from that point of view is we, we will get to see, you, you know, some of these lesser lights, I suppose, that haven't played huge minutes during the year, you know, get an opportunity now that uh, they may not have got. So uh, from that point of view, I'm excited to, to come out and watch these games and, you know, see who you know, can put their hand up for next season. Yeah, definitely. Okay, now, Scott, this one won't be easy. Premier Mindtill is Player of the Year. Um, how did your voting go for this game? Jeepers, I knew you were going to get to that question. That's why I've, that's why I've been giving you all these long-winded answers, just to try and... Uh, <laughs> try and uh, dress it up a little bit. Look, I'm I'm going to give Kai Soto three votes. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was our best player. I thought he, uh, you know, he, he played 20 minutes, but um, as you said, 14 points. You know, he, you know, seven rebounds. Um, 
you know, he was he was good in his time. I, I thought he uh, he probably deserved the three. Um, I went with Sunday for the two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just always going to do his thing, and and you know, to 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 get uh, you know eight rebounds and seven assists to go with twelve points is mm. you, you know the, if you look at it statistically, is is this is a pretty good game, and you know. Yeah. You know, defensively from him, there's always going to be the effort. And, and I gave the one vote to, to Cam Bairstow. Um, you know, didn't play huge minutes, um, you know, but still 11 points and seven rebounds. And uh, I felt they were our, our best three players uh, for the game. So they're my 3-2-1 for me. thought that was tough, Scott. We've got to go back to the couple of games in in round 14 as well. And they, they weren't two games that we'll remember too fondly either. Um, Jamie Pellman did his best. We talked to him about it about it last week on, on the on the show when we had our Ask the Coach segment. But let's start with the game against the Wildcats. Um, I'm not sure if you've got your, your homework in front of you, but Daniel Johnson had 19 points, 12 rebounds, did what he could. Duffermeyer, 12 points, 5 rebounds. He tried hard. Sunday, another 10 points, only 2 of 12 from 3. This wasn't a 3-point shooting night that we remembered too fondly, 7 of 37 as a team. Um uh, Dusty Hannah's 10, 10 points, but he, he's just not playing very much right now. Played less than 15 minutes. Todd Withers, 9.7 rebounds. Um, trying to give you some, some options there, Scott. Who who jumped out? Yeah, well, I, look, I think I think Daniel Johnson gets gets the three votes. Um, I felt he was our best player that night, and, and, and 19 points and 12 rebounds is... Uh, you know, is is probably standard for him, but uh, I, I didn't I didn't think he had a sensational game, but I I don't no. think really really probably any anyone did in, in that game. Um, yeah, Tad Duffelmeyer for me made the most of his, his his opportunities, and and I I thought he probably deserved the the two votes. I mean, I think for him for me. He was the one that I was probably most pleased with in that game. I thought he made the most sure. of his opportunities and, and has put his hand up for, you know, probably increased minutes for the rest of the year. Um, it was a bit of a toss-up after that. I ended up going with, with Todd Withers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 9.7 rebounds. Once, once again, no one uh, no one had a, any sort of sensational game and I thought he was, you know, probably you know probably the best of the rest. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the way I went with Daniel Johnson, Tad Duffelmeyer and... And, um, and uh, Todd with us. And then on the a couple of days earlier against the Phoenix, um, we didn't get a chance to, to talk last week, Scott. Did you enjoy that battle between DJ and Mitch Creek as much as the rest of us did? Absolutely, yeah. It was it, it was it was great to watch. It was um, it was it was. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, once again, unfortunately, we came out on the on the wrong side of the ledger. Mm. But there was some uh, there, there was some pretty good moments in that game, and um, it, it was good to watch. But uh, you know, once again. Yeah, you know, weren't able to get the yeah you know, get the chockies unfortunately, and um, yeah that yeah you know, unfortunately has been a, a familiar uh, <laughs> familiar thing uh, this year. But uh, you know wasn't meant to be unfortunately. But um, uh, nonetheless, you know you know DJ was back to his uh, you know back to his best, and um, you know, you know played p- particularly well. I don't think we had anyone else in double figures from memory no, so that's no. uh and that probably tells you a bit of a story too when we're you know we're really not getting you know when you only get one play in double figures well that's that's not going to win you too many games so um uh, that was and fortunate he, and he actually did it on only only 13 shots so it's not like he was hog- hogging the the ball either. No, absolutely not. So you know, it comes no, uh, you know, no surprise that uh, I thought he was he was 
quite comfortably our best in that mm. game. Um, yeah, I thought Mitch McCarron had his uh, yeah. had his moments. You know, nine points, nine nine assists, and six rebounds, five steals. Um, you know, they're yeah, they're really good all round numbers mm. as well. Uh, after that. Yeah, I, I struggled after that to uh, to, to <laughs> yeah. really, uh, you know, to really. I'm, in fact, I'm, you can hear you can hear the hear the way I'm stringing this out now. I'm, I'm really still not sure what to uh, you know what to do for those uh, you know for those third votes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can help. I don't. I don't know either. Looking look just looking through the box score. No, look look. Sunday was maybe, I, I, maybe Soto. I mean, he had eight rebounds, two blocks. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah, right, Kai Soto. There we go. Decision made. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So we'll we'll tally that up, and I think the leaderboard might be getting a bit interesting. I have a feeling DJ might be closing that gap on Cam Besto, so we'll update that leaderboard and come back. But before we get to Nick on our Ask the CEO segment, Scott, the highlight of Saturday night had to be the twenty-year celebration of the two thousand and two championship. Talk us through some of the some of the. Some of the memories or stories that you've got from from the night was it was it fun to catch up with everybody? Oh, absolutely! It it, it always is, and uh, yeah, that that championship in particular was was just such an unlikely one, and I, I think some of us still sitting there twenty years later going, "How did that all come about?" You know, it was just uh, just just everything fell into place with us. Um, you know, I remember the 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 last game of the regular season, we were going to finish fourth, fifth, or sixth, and you know, I had I had tape ready for every possible permutation of who we were going to play in that first round. And on the last game, the Canberra Cannons, I think it was, who'd lost all their players, you know, because they weren't getting paid, so they'd all quit. And basically they, they went down, you know, with a you know, with a second rate lineup and and beat I think it was beat Melbourne the Melbourne Tigers in Melbourne and someone else went into Sydney and, and beat them. It was like the two greatest upsets you've ever seen. Mm. And we ended up finishing third. Um, and pl- end up playing Wollongong, which was the only team in the top six that I didn't have up-to-date footage on because there was no way in the world we were going to play them. And as it turned out, they were the only team in that top six that we had a winning record during the season again. Mm. So so we, we came out and beat them in the first round and then fin- you know, end up playing the, the Titans, who I don't think we'd... Off the top of my head, I don't think we'd beaten the whole year. Beat beat them, and all of a sudden we're rolling. And you know, you know, Brett was at the top of his game, and, and Willie Farley had you know had an incredible season. And we just everyone just slotted into these roles. We had David Stiff, who was sort of the the the, the next one of the that big three, I suppose. But guys like Mark Nash were playing their roles. We'd brought in Matt Garrison, you know, halfway through the year, who'd give us a real shot in the arm from a energy perspective. You know, we had Jason Williams, who, who filled his role and, and so on and so on and and you know Paul Reese doing what what Paul Reese does and uh mm-hmm. look it was uh uh it was just an incredible time and an incredible win and I, I remember at half time we'd you know Rupert Sapple had 18 points in the first half and we had we I think we were 70 to 49 up at half time and mm-hmm. we you know Phil Steve myself walked into the you know, walked into our room and the players went to the change room and that that's what Phil did. He let the players go and talk for a couple of minutes while we sort of went in and discussed, you know, what we needed to change in the second half. And we just sat there. My memory of it is we just sat there speechless and then just looked up and all started laughing at each other. It was like, what just, <laughs> what just happened? You know, like it was just, just phenomenal. And, and, you know, Brett just had an incredible game and, and really dominated Derek Rucker. And, and that was probably the, the main difference of the game. Game. Farley had a 
had a super game and, and Rupert obviously had the best half of basketball he's ever played yeah. in his entire life. So it was, uh, it, it, was, it was, it was special. And even when we, you know, the other night when you look around and, you know, we, it was a young Jacob Holmes and Oscar Foreman and, mm. and Matt Ullman and, um, you know, Blake Trustloves and, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, never, never became household names, but, uh, you know, the, we won a championship with those guys and it was, uh, it was quite incredible, and and yeah, very special to catch up with, uh, you know, with a number of those guys on the night. Oh, fantastic memories. Um, and how good did the the jerseys look? Those, those outfits back on the court looked fantastic. Mate, I'm not a I'm not in marketing, and that's probably why other people are. But I'd <laughs> I'd still and maybe I'm sentimental and an old bastard who's just uh, you know living in the past. But I'd love to see us playing in those uniforms. Oh, I just thought that that yeah. just looks fantastic. The logo looks fantastic. Um, you know they you know they to me they're more suited to what our colours you know you know were for for a long time. But uh, it, well, yeah, once again, maybe that's just being a, me being a sentimental old fart who's not moving with the times but it's uh yeah it was great it was great to see and i thought the the jersey designs were fantastic with the you know with that team's names down down both sides mm. uh, under the arms i thought that was a that was a really special touch and uh um, they, we all got presented with a single their name on the back. Uh, unfortunately, they're all medium sizes, so not one of us fat <laughs> bastards will fit into it these days. But uh, yeah, it was it was a nice touch, and um, yeah, we we thank the club, you know, hugely for uh, putting it on and uh, looking after us. Wonder if that's something you might be able to talk to to Nick about at some point. Going back to those colours, because when I think of the thirty sixes, I think of the royal blue. I think of red, and I think of yellow. I don't really feel like there's a great identity with the current colour scheme. Any idea why it changed in the first place? And is there a chance we, we go back to it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, mate. That's a decision that's out of my hands. But, you know, yeah. once again, we were always the state colours. That's That was the that was the whole idea. And, and now it's sort of gone away from that. And it's sort of the real dark blue and the, and the, the you know, the, the gold rather than the, the yellow. And, um, mm. um, you know, different logo. And, you know, you've got to move with the times, mate. It's, uh, once again, I'll, I'll always be uh, sentimental to, you know, some of those old uniforms because, you know, it was, it was when I was involved and we had a lot of success in them. So uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's not a not a question or decision for me, mate. That's uh, for people <laughs> where uh, people that get paid the big bucks to make those decisions, mate. But uh, it was uh, it was exciting to see us uh, you know, see us trot out in that uniform the other night. Yep, no, it sure was, and it's a perfect segue. The man that can answer some of those questions is Adelaide Thirty Sixes CEO Nick Barbato. Be speaking to him next, thanks to Sportscard World. Okay, back on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and it's now time for our first ever Ask the CEO segment, thanks to Sports Card World, and thanks very much for joining us, Nick, first of all. Um, pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thank you very much, Chris, for, for making the time and, and getting me on. No, my pleasure. Obviously, plenty happening around the 36ers at the moment, so we thought it was the perfect time to have you on, and, and also, we got plenty of questions from our fans, as you probably wouldn't be surprised to hear, and, and you'll be yeah, selecting... You'll be selecting one of our one of them to win a special prize thanks to Sports Card World. So they'll be receiving a 2021-2022 NBA Hoops Blaster Box thanks to Panini, valued at $90, Nick. So that's a heavy burden for Great. you to carry. 
No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> Fantastic. Before we get to those fans' questions, obviously a lot of talk over the last week about bringing in a new import for the rest of this season, if it was going to be Casper or not, and that whole situation. Um, obviously, you came pretty close, I think, to a deal with, with Casper. It just didn't quite, you know, pan out in the finish. Is there anything you'd like to sort of talk about in, in regards to that whole situation? No, yeah, well, um, uh, we were close. I mean, we, we had agreed terms with, with Casper and his agent, uh, personal terms with him, about him coming to Adelaide for, for the last 12 games. Um, there was a delay after we sort of agreed with, with those terms with his Russian club, um, and we were just waiting for, for them to, to come through with a clearance and, and letting him go. There was our communication back was that, um, that all the players at, at his club were told if uh, if they wanted to move on, they could move on, um, given the situation in, in Russia. And um, so we started that discussion. And but uh, the you know time was ticking. We needed him here for twelve games. He got to the the final days, and 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 we were told that they wanted a um, a pretty significant buyout. So. Um, you know, we had that discussion internally with with, with the chairman, with with CJ and and, and the basketball department, and um, you know, there's a number of factors. You know, one, financial. Two, you know, do we want to be sending money to Russia? Three, can we even send money mm. to Russia with all the all the sanctions yeah. that are in place with with with, the, with banks? Um, I mean, Casper as well. He was he was trying to get his own money out of out of the Russian banks, mm. and he he was finding it hard. Yeah. So. Um, there's probably no surprise that um, he he went to another Russian club um, because it would have been a, a difficult even for a European club to yep. to do a deal yeah, there. Sure. No, I think you've, you've summed it up nicely, and I think I think we're all just looking forward to seeing this team try to figure it out now for these last eleven games and and seeing seeing how we can go. Um, just quickly though, before I get to the fans' questions, a couple of weeks ago when CJ was out of action and Jamie was struggling to get back to back to town for that for that Friday, yeah. Friday night home game. If you had a choice, if Scott Ninnis or Brett Maher had to coach the team for that one night, who would have you taken? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually we actually had a chat to them, mm. uh, both yeah. of them, uh, that week. And uh, we said, we're in a bit of bit of bother <laughs> because uh, we don't know whether we can get Jamie back. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had to charter a flight mm. for Jamie to get back in time for the for the game. But it, but it was touch and go. And, um, and both... Scott and, and Brett said, "I don't know, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but 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 we're 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 here to support you." Yep. Right? So, uh, so uh, it didn't happen, but, but you know, they, they were there, which is great. Yep. Great for them to, to support the club. Yep. They're, well, I mean, you, I don't think you can find too many more passionate men for the Thirty Sixes than, than those two. As much as much fun as we do have with them on the show, um, let's get down to business now, Nick. Let's get to yep. the fans' questions, and there's some tricky ones here, but. I, th- I, th- I don't think you'd be surprised about about that. You know, you've quickly learned about the passion of Adelaide basketball fans. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. The first one comes from Jack Sports Cards, and he's he's asked a pretty broad question to start with. Are there any plans for the 36ers' future that you could tell us? Uh, a, a lot. I mean, we, we've basically come. In, I've come in um, late July last year, and. Uh, both on and off the off the court, we had um, a strategy to, to put in place. Um, my initial sort of um, work was in the off court stuff and ensuring that we could have uh, a financial um, sound financial base that we could go forward with. We, we just we couldn't rely on 
um, Grant dipping his, his hand in his pocket with with um, year in year out with um, a significant amount of money. Um, we needed to have a plan to, to to get to financial stability. So I think we've sort of put in place um, the teams, the strategy, and and we've started to achieve some results in that end with with key sponsors coming on board. Great. Um, now is a case of um, so Jeff has left us. We have an opportunity. Uh, the club has an opportunity to to build a, a basketball structure mm-hmm. that can be sustainable and success, successfully sustainable going forward. Um, and there's a number of elements in that. Um, CJ being the head coach, but there's a number of elements behind that that we can build into the to the structure that we ensure we make um, uh, more often than not the right decisions. No, excellent. I, I think every. I think every 36ers fan should be pretty comfortable that the club's in good hands, I think. So um, we look forward to look forward to that. Um, Nick McEwer, one of our favourites here on the show, has got one for you. Should we be looking to sign all our imports from the start of the season next season? And is there any point to signing an additional import this late in the season now? Um, well, this late in the season now, uh, we, we're not in the market for, a, for an additional import. We... Obviously, we tried with Casper, and to get him into the last twelve games, um, that that money we feel we feel now with with uh, less games can be spent wisely in terms of building the structure for next season. Sure. Um, and uh, the first question in terms of getting um, uh, the three imports, we will look to to have our our, our three imports for for next season before the season starts. Um, first things first, we want to build the the Australian contingent. And a domestic contingent um, around the team, and then and then we'll look to, to fill those three spots with, with imports mm. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it was a fair enough decision not to do that. I think if Isaac Humphries is still healthy now, you probably don't need a third import. That's how I how I kind of see it. Um, Nate Turner is up next, another one of our favourites here on the show. Um, he's a he's a very passionate man. He's a he's a loyal supporter. So take this the right way. Um, but he's asked with the team being unfortunately at best, mediocre over the last few seasons. What is the direction we are trying to head in? Because as fans, we are struggling to see the vision. Yeah, so um, for us, we, we've sort of put together a, a strategy planning group that w- we want to ensure that um, our fans and members and our, our corporates can identify how we play and, and the reason why we play in a certain style. Um, so that that is, is clearly identifiable. Um, and then filling those gaps with the right players. And that that comes from the right planning to get those right players in place. Um, so all of that work is being done now for, the, for, for us to be ready when the market opens and when free agency opens. And um, I have no doubt we will we'll be in a, in a great position to, to build a fantastic team that the fans can come and watch and will be, will be successful on, on the court. Oh, excellent. GRP's asked another one. This is an interesting one. Why is the club, now this is his opinion, obviously, why has the club failed to recruit and keep South Australian talent? What does the club do to try to ensure that good players can play out their careers at Adelaide and retire as club favourites? Yeah, it, it, uh, I'm only new in it, so it's, yeah. um, it's tough for me to, to say what's happened in the past, but it's definitely um, uh, part of our whole discussion is around local talent and and uh, working with 
um, particular MBO one clubs here um, to ensure that we we can um, grow that talent in that talent pool that that's in South Australia. So that's definitely part of the overall sort of strategy for us going forward, um, and and hopefully. Now we'll have that in play, and and, you can, and the fans can start to see that on the court. Yeah, fantastic. And and Scott at South Adelaide can help bring bring some of those through as well. Obviously, he can. He yeah. can. Yeah. So it's great. He's there. John Wright is up next. He's been a, a season season ticket holder since 1985, and he's got a question. Have you had any thoughts to make the after game experience more engaging from loyal, long serving ticket holders at the arena? Fans could hear. Interviews with the players, coaches, etc. Now it's just corporates who could be there one week and you never see them again. He's just added, you don't have to pay, you don't have to spend big dollars on free food and drinks that can be paid for at the bar. Obviously, a, a very, very loyal and, and long-serving member. Member is John. Yeah, no, no it's, a, it's a great question because we've actually had these discussions internally mm. um, throughout the year. We're in level three protocols with COVID protocols with the NBL at the moment. Yeah. Um, we're one of two states that are still level three, us and WA. Yep. So we cannot do that at the moment, but we've, we've discussed it throughout the season where we can do post game stuff with fans um, and the like uh, with our players. At the moment, where we can't do it, but we will in, in the future once those uh, protocols are, are lifted. Fantastic news. There you go, John. Hopefully for the start of next season, that'll be yep. that'll be possible. Um, Nate Turner's back again for a second one, and I left this one for a bit later because it's a, it's an interesting one, and it follows on from the NBL1 question or topic from before. So Nate's asked, would the team ever invest in a, a G League-type team in the NBL1 competition, similar to what the, the Crows and Port do in the Sandville, where you pick out 10 young players you are keen on and put them in the mix with a few veterans and let them play on their own team in the NBL one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's another good question because we've actually been discussing that as well in mm. terms of how we can, you know, outside of season, um, work with, we'll work with particular clubs in terms of um, ensuring that the education and the uh, and the and the basketball um, playing style continues beyond our season um, for our particular players. So. We probably won't. The option to buy um, a club is probably one that we probably won't won't go for. But definitely a collaboration yeah, sure. around that for sure. Oh, yeah. I think it's a great idea. Um, those are the those are the tricky ones out of the way. Let's finish on a bit of a lighter note with you here, Nick. Um, yeah. yeah. This is, might be a familiar person asking this question. Scott Ninnis has got a question for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Brett Ma look so much older than Scott Ninnis, even though he's so much younger? Ah, uh, <laughs> he, he's got a, he's got a bigger head, right? <laughs> so maybe that you know he's got a, a different frame to to, to Scotty. So <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah, it's the hair. It's the hair as well. It's white. You know the the curly white hair and that type of thing. So yeah, I don't know whether you saw the uh, the promo that we did Back of the Future promo I that did. we did. I did. It was fantastic. Uh, it was uh, yeah. It was uh, it, it showed up that. That side of things quite well, I thought. <laughs> it absolutely, absolutely did. That gives you some sort of an indication of what I have to deal with with Scott on a weekly basis here. <laughs> the last one, it's a personal question for you, Nick, and I'm looking forward to seeing your answer to this. It comes from Ashley Burrell, and he's asked, what was your dream job as a kid, and how does your current job compare? 
So my dream job as a kid was to be a professional footballer, soccer yeah. player, yeah. right? So that, that was my dream job and that didn't come to fruition uh, because of an injury. But mm. um, but uh, to get back into the sporting landscape and the professional sporting landscape, I, like I grew up at a, at a club in a national competition. So to get back into that environment in a, in a, in a professional sense is just it's a dream. And, you know, it's, it's the best, I, I keep telling people, it's, it's the hardest um, industry to be in, but it's the best. Once you can find success at a sporting organisation and working with a with a team, it, it's immeasurable in terms of the, what you get out of it. So, yeah, it's, it's great where I'm at at the moment. No, that's fantastic to hear. Okay, so let's take stock on all of that, Nick. And now, obviously, we've got a prize to give away thanks to Sports Card World. Did somebody yeah. jump out at you? Which which question did you like the best? Um, what was it? I think the fan one was, was really important. And um, uh, was it John? John, John really? Yeah, John Wright. Yeah, yeah, John Wright. Yeah. So I think John Wright's question around um, you know us engaging with the fans is really really important. Um, and um, you know, win lose or win or lose on the court, those fans come come week in week out. Our members come week in week out, and and we can't you know we wouldn't be there without our members and fans. The club wouldn't exist. So. For us to do that and and to give back to the fans is really really important. So, uh, so I think that's, that's for me that's the one. No, great choice. There you go, John. Congratulations to that. We'll get you your prize thanks to Sports Card World. And Nick, that was a lot of fun. We might have to do this on a on a semi regular basis just to give the, give our fans a chance to find out what's happening at the club. But more importantly, boy, let's hope we get a win tomorrow night. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the boys are training well this week. Um, uh, speaking to CJ earlier today, and he's had a full week on uh, on the court. And given he he came out of COVID protocols on last Friday, yeah. so we didn't really train with the team. But yeah, we're we're ready. We come out there and and we put in the effort, and and we get a win for the for our fans. No, we're looking forward to it. Thanks very much for joining us, Nick. All right, thanks, Chris. No worries. Okay, back on Sixers Fix now with Scott Ninnis. Thank you to Nick Barbado for joining us on the Ask the CEO segment. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll try and do that with him again as well, probably before the season finishes, and you can put your questions to him about the future of the 36ers on and off the court. Um, one thing he mentioned that I want to get your thoughts on, Scott, um, he mentioned the possibility of partnering up with an NBL1 franchise and perhaps sending some of the 36ers players back there where they can potentially all play together in some sort of a, a partnership model. Um, would you be open to something like that at South Adelaide? Man, I'll take anything I can get. No, I shouldn't say I shouldn't <laughs> say that. We're uh, No, I'll, I'll take that back. We're, we're coming along nicely, mate. But, um, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I've probably spoke to most of those guys about uh, what they're doing in the off-season. And, um, you know, there's, there's some guys I'd love to have. I mean, I think when you get to get to our level, there's not, 
not a lot of size. I mean, we, we got some fantastic, you know, guards and, and, and small forwards, but you don't have a lot of size. And that, that's an area where we, you know, we, we don't, where we literally don't have a lot of big guys. Mm. So, um, yes, yeah, quite, quite willing, to, uh, willing and open, mate. I'm, I'm selfless like that. If there's anyone, uh, <laughs> in the 36ers that wants to, wants to have a run around, I reckon I can accommodate them, mate. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to having this conversation about Nick with that in the future. Mm. <laughs> And before we get to Friday night's game against the Taipans, your season is must be. I think it's only three weeks away now. It's getting close with the with the Panthers. It's coming up soon, mate. April 9th. So uh, we yep. we do, we've uh, you know we've still got a bit of work to do between now and then. And uh, you know we have training tonight, and we've sort of ramped it up a little bit. We we're playing some practice games over the next couple of weeks, and um, yeah, we'll get a chance to see where we are. But uh, um, yeah, I'm 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 happy where we are at the moment. Um, you know, we like I said, I think we've got a good good fitness base. I think the guys have been working hard, and um, you know, I like that they've bought into what what we're trying to put in defence. So um, yeah, we'll continue continue to work, and uh, we'll, we'll just see what happens when we roll the balls out. Like I said, we're we're a little undersized, and still trying to see if we can make some moves to to correct that. But um, yeah, we'll see, mate. We'll see. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll keep an eye on how you how you go, Scott, as the season creeps up. Um, and the NBL season will still be going when your season starts. So we'll we'll follow your progress closely. Um, as for the thirty sixes. This is a game on Friday night against the Taipans where there's no excuses because you're not playing a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, playing against a team that's in form. You're playing against a team that is suffering a lot of the similar troubles that you're going through. The Taipans are in a pretty tough spot as well. You have a look at Adam Ford on the sidelines and in his post-match and he looks like he's a man just devoid of answers right now of how to get something out of out of his group. Um, and I'm sure at times CJ Bruton can sympathise with how he's feeling. So this is a battle of two teams in very similar situations. Um, what are you expecting? Oh, that's a good question, mate. I, I, like I said, I, I, they have some too long athletes that, that, that do concern me. If we can, uh, you know, we, ha- we have to keep them out of transition getting easy baskets because you get mm-hmm. them into a half-court situation and they do they do struggle to score. So that's got to be an absolute key focus for us to, you know, to, to make them defend us, you know, get a good shot, you know, so they can't just, you know, don't turn the ball over so they can run it down our throat. So um, I, I think, you know, I think we do that. I think that we go a long way towards winning that game. And, you know, knowing these guys and, and knowing the frustrations that they're having, we we, do, we just need to get a win. By by one way or another, by hook or crook, by crook, mate, we just need to come up with a win uh, on Friday night and, uh, you know, just get a little bit of uh, confidence back into those legs and, uh, you know, get to that point of the season where, you know, they can look forward to playing out the, the rest of the games and hopefully uh, hopefully drag a few more. But, uh, yeah, this this is an absolute key game for, you know, for, for everyone, I think, and, and for the fans who are, you know, paying their hard earned every week you know they're going to want to see you know see a team come out and be hungry and play hard and and uh yeah and and win yep i think you summed it up perfectly there's no other outcome that is kind of acceptable from this game except a win so let's hope that it happens um you don't really want to think about the other other circumstance if it doesn't happen so let's hope we get to celebrate a win on friday night let's hope when we come back next week here on sixes fix we can talk about that win as well and look forward to the rest of the season. So it's been a big show. Thank you, Adelaide 36's CEO, Nick Barbato, for joining us. And thank you to Sports Card World for making that happen. And thank you, Scott, for joining me once again. I'm Chris Pike and I'll wrap it up and leave you with the chance to provide some wise words to wrap up the show for this week. 
Oh, look, once again, they're probably not wise words, mate, but uh, we're just, just uh, you know, just, just looking forward to seeing how this team plays out the rest of the season. It's it's uh, it's, it's disappointing when, you know, you get to this point where there's, well, I was going to say there's not a lot to play for, but there's huge amounts to play for. There's, there's contracts to play for. There's, you know, pride in, uh, you know, playing for the, you know, the the, the name on, you know, the, the, on the front of your singlet and, and your teammates and your, your coaches and, you know, ownership group that's thrown in a lot of money. So, uh, yeah. I've got, uh, you know, I'll go in with high hopes. And, and as we said, Cairns is a game that we uh, we should take care of and we should win. So just uh, just looking forward to a good win tomorrow night.